coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Rob Manley. Uh, Welcome back. And today, I have a powerhouse guest with us from the world of franchise marketing. Please welcome Angela Pauls. She is the Chief Marketing Officer of Buzz Franchise Brands. Now, she has a diverse background, and I can't wait to dive into it, but it spans everything from starting and running her own coffee shop earlier in her career, and now fast-forwarding to being Chief Marketing Officer at one of the best collection of brands in franchising, Buzz Brands. So, Angela, thank you for being with us today. I know we have some really cool things to talk about around innovation and AI, and I, will, I can't wait to dig in, but welcome to the show. Thanks, Rob. Great to be here. Uh, it's great to have you. So tell me a little bit about this. When I was you know, kind of diving into your LinkedIn profile and learning more about you, I learned a little bit about your experience earlier in your career with the, you know, starting a coffee shop. Or Tell us a little bit about that story, but I think it also is a big reason why you are here today and kind of involved with what you're doing and why you're so passionate about it. But tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that you bring that up because I feel like not a lot of people notice that about me on looking at the LinkedIn profile or anything. It's kind of buried amongst a bunch of other more traditional things. But yeah, I, I started a coffee shop when I was in my early 20s. I had I had come out of college and started a traditional career in advertising and marketing. And But I, I always enjoyed the coffee shop environment, just the community of being in a coffee shop and the interesting people that that come into coffee shops. And I was living in Austin, Texas, which is a very entrepreneurial city and local business was everything. And so that made it even more so a special thing to go into a coffee shop and and be able to meet people and, and have that great community. And at the time, I had a brother who had um, had actually built plans for himself to start a coffee shop business. He had done the more traditional, put a bunch of time in, putting together a business plan, all that sort of thing while I was working my you know, traditional day job sort of thing. And he didn't end up being able to get that business off the ground. He actually passed away. And so that sort of lit a little bit of a fire under me too. Maybe someday that's something I could do. And I originally thought of it as more of a longer term goal or thought after I, you know, made enough money to actually do it working a normal job, but, but ultimately decided to just go for it. And so I did it while working a full time job. So I had a business partner in it with me. And I worked my day job from eight to five. And then I went straight to the coffee shop and relieved our staff. We had a, it was a coffee shop that also had nighttime activities, live music is everywhere in Austin. So we had music at night, we served beer and wine, in addition to coffee and other beverages. So it was a very social kind of place. And I did that for several years, it was my crash course in entrepreneurship. And having the perspective now that I have about franchising, it really 
helps me to understand the benefits of franchising, having gone into it with no formal business background other than, you know, my education, but no, no formal entrepreneurship training and really just figuring out a lot of things as I went and figuring out the right questions to ask and the right people to talk to. But it was a great experience. It was great from a business standpoint. We were able to, we actually purchased a failing coffee shop and turned it around. So we were able to make it profitable within a year and then build on it from there. So yeah, it was definitely a meaningful part of, of my background, I would say. I would say so too. I, I think of Austin. I, I love that city. It's just a cool, cool vibe. But when I was a kid, I was a big Stevie Ray Vaughan fan, right? And and he was yes. in Austin. introduced him from Austin, Texas. And I'm like, that must be a cool place. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's how my, my uh, understanding of Austin came about from the blues and, and live music and, and him. So he was he was an awesome guy. I liked his music. But since then, of course, uh, it is, it's been out there. And you're right, it's like a, a tech hub. I think Silicon Valley and Austin, it, it makes me think of those cities when I think of tech. So if you're interested in tech, you can probably hang out there. Uh, and music. Absolutely. Music. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. I think the live music part of it's been going longer than the tech part, but the tech part has definitely uh, taken over, I would say, or at least <laughs> oh, on par with the live music. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the techie people like the live music. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> to move in. So anyway, but cool. So let's talk a little bit about um, you're managing multiple brands, right? And by the way, I think that's just brilliant that you went through that experience because franchising is so much about, you know, I learned a long time ago that the most successful people in the world are that way, ultimately, because they have specialized knowledge at some points. They know specific things about certain things that produce a lot of impact, right? And a lot of times in business, that could be revenue and, and profit and growth. But it is, it's important to understand that that specialized knowledge usually is only developed through actually doing it and refining it over a period of time. And that's franchising. And when I think of franchising, really, it's like it, it, it's nothing but growth since it started, really. And it just keeps building momentum because... When you start a franchise business, you have much better odds because of that specialized knowledge to have success. So people that like yourself that get get the, the pleasure of starting their own business, get to understand all the things they didn't realize they didn't know, and uh, they didn't even want to do, actually. They, they weren't the things they even wanted to do. So <laughs> that's a little bit of everything there. But so you're, you're managing multiple brands. Um, tell me a little bit, before we dive into some specifics around tech and innovation, Tell me just how do you approach that though? Like just the idea of having multiple brands. Obviously, they're different objectives. They have different branding. Like as a CMO of all of them, what is some of the strategy you use to lead that and and you know advance those brands? Yeah, one of the things that I think we find in franchising is marketing tends to be one of the areas that a lot of franchisees don't have experience with coming in. And for some people, it's why they join a franchise because they know it'll help give them that expertise. Um, and, and some people just don't know what they don't know. But um, but it's an area where there's, there's I wouldn't say it's necessarily the same formula for every brand, but but the structure there, the recipe for success in marketing is is the same, you know, for all brand. The tactics, the tactics may vary, but kind of thinking about a, a structure of setting up a good marketing strategy or plan is all very similar across brands. So 
we have, you know, certain practices that we use with our franchisees and certain um, basic strategies that we use in marketing that apply to all of our brands. There's just different than kind of nuances when you get down to targeting those tactics to a specific audience um, that would really depend based on the customer persona for each of your brands. But when it comes to kind of the higher level, um, you know, all of our brands are doing digital marketing, all of our brands are doing local marketing in the community, getting out there and meeting people and networking and building partnerships. And they're all doing direct mail marketing. Um, and I think one of the things that's made us successful has been having that marketing um, plan very structurally developed between us and our franchisees. So we don't just say, we think you should market, you should probably spend about this much money, let us know what you do. You know, we actually mm-hmm. sit down as they come through training. We have um, very specific marketing requirements that are outlined for our franchisees so we can keep them from making some of those mistakes that that um, some entrepreneurs and franchisees will make when they're they're too nervous about marketing to spend money before they're making money. I mean, that's, that's tough, right? To, to mm-hmm. go out there and spend a bunch of money when you're not profitable yet. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you are profitable to feel like you should stop spending money because you've hit that mark, you know, that's not a great idea either. You don't want to plateau. You want to keep growing. Um, so being able to guide our franchisees and um, this is, this is where you should start. And, and we're going to build a plan to reflect the tactics that we know work because we've been running these brands for a while. We've got years of data that we can, you know, look to, to start you off strong. And then we'll tweak it as we go, as we learn more about the nuances of your market, how people are responding to um, the different tactics that we're using. If there's certain messaging we want to adjust, that sort of thing, we'll tweak it throughout the year. So we stay in regular conversations with our franchisees throughout the year to look at some of those KPIs and trends that we may see. Gotcha. Gotcha. So like in that, when, when you're, so you have these different, so you have a playbook for each brand essentially, and the playbook is extensive and, and multifaceted. Obviously it's a little different, but there are similarities with your brands. I think it's, it's oriented on home services. And so there is some overlapping, but generally different playbooks. And, and so you're saying, so is there any, any process or technology innovation that you had to kind of put in place to make that easier? to try to deal with all these different brands and make sure it's efficient and everybody gets trained right and you can deploy things. And like, what, how does that look at six different brands? It seems challenging to me. Yeah, well, certainly the structure of our team is set up intentionally to be able to support across multiple brands. So we have each of our individual brands has their own marketing support and marketing team members that are 100% dedicated to that brand. So they spend all of their day focused on that brand. And then we have a layer of shared services marketing. And so these are certain um, functionalities within marketing that support across the same team supporting all across all, all four of our brands. So that's our digital marketing team. We have a direct mail marketing team. We have a creative team. Um, those groups are supporting across the board. And so that affords us the ability to always know what's going on across the different brands so we can learn from each other. So if we try a new tactic with one brand or um, a new partner, vendor partner with one brand and, and it works really well, we can apply those best practices across the other brands as well, or at least where relevant, there may be nuances that make it appropriate or not. But um, but I think that's another benefit of being able to say, okay, we can roll out a technology with 
one brand first. And um, once we have all the kinks worked out of it, we can roll it out even easier across additional brands. Yeah. So I'm just getting a little, I'm just curious, just getting in, into depth a little with the technical parts of digital marketing, like, you know, media buying, if you're going to do a Google ads campaign or Facebook ads, things like that, that's kind of technical, right? It's a lot of sucking mm-hmm. and understanding those platforms, dealing with those technologies. Is that something you do internally or is that something you partner with? Or did you actually at the le- the buzz level, you built that, that sort of um, capability internally? Yeah, it can be a little bit of both depending on the nuance. A lot of our digital we do handle in-house. Um, we've done uh, and we've sort of evolved that, I would say, over time. Um, yeah. Certainly when we started out and we were one brand, we were outsourcing a lot of that work because we had a very small team. I mean, I think that's what a lot of the situation for a lot of emerging brands. Now that yeah. we've got multiple brands in our portfolio, if we launch a new brand or um, acquire a new brand, we already have the the structure and the team support to to provide being able to do that sort of work in-house. Um, but we do leverage partners in in certain areas to um, help make sure we're being m- the m- as efficient as we can in in that sort of media buying as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it depends what you're trying to get done, but sometimes it's a steep mountain to climb, depending what you're doing. So, just to, <laughs> I think a YouTube YouTube videos, some of the work I've done, it's 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 a lot. It can be a lot. Seems easy on the surface. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right, let's dive into the big question of the day and and, uh, something I really appreciate your input on because I know this is something that you've been involved in for a while and you're humble about it, but I think you have been uh, involved with with AI and and using, uh, figuring out how to use it, right, in brands and make it efficient in marketing, which obviously sales and marketing, I think it's a big, big place where AI really can help. Um, So I wanted to start, First, with just a bigger picture, um, I mean, this is kind of a big sort of visionary question, but how do you see technologies like ChatGPT, uh, large language models, right? And now Google has BARD and there's others everywhere cropping up. And uh, But how do you see, because a lot of what this is, is being able to create content, being able to create well, any form of content, really, in terms of text and, and things, and, and more to come, soon images and, and video. But how do you see it transforming like a marketing department? And maybe in the short term, I know in the long term, most of us are like, even the experts aren't sure. But like in the short term, what are your, what are you seeing? And I know you're doing some things already. But, but yeah, what do you see? How is it transforming, I guess, your, your departments and teams? Yeah, I think there is... Um, I like to spend my time thinking about the positives of AI and not the stuff that can totally get scary if you think too much about it. Um, yeah. But looking at the ways that we can use it to um, help support what we're doing on a daily basis. And I think a lot of that comes down to finding efficiencies and finding ways that we can sort of do more with less. Um, as someone who was an entrepreneur at a young age and also the youngest sibling, I feel like I've always been a bit of a scrappy person, you know, I'm going to figure it out on my own. (laughs) And and I feel like, um, there's a lot of AI tools that allow someone who doesn't have a full team or something to be able to do a lot more by themselves. And so we're trying to find ways to incorporate and, and step back to think about, okay, what's, what sort of tasks are we doing that, 
um, we're either doing it repetitively and it's just kind of a more mundane task that doesn't take, a, I shouldn't say it doesn't take a lot of brain power, but it's something that like, we're just doing it over and over and it doesn't necessarily mean need to be mm-hmm. my brain on it every time, but whether it's um, the amount of time we spend, you know, recapping meetings or things of that nature, or maybe it's sort of writing the same emails over and over. Um, a lot of it's content marketing when we're trying to um, spend time around writing blogs and optimizing and outlining presentations and that sort of thing. AI is not going to be writing those things perfectly, but where it's particularly helpful is just getting you started, getting things outlined for you. Um, and then once you have something written, being able to get some other perspective on it, even if you just upload something you've written into chat GPT and say, how can I make this better? Or how can I make this more SEO optimized or whatever it may be? Um, It's just like having another, another brain in the room. It's not something that should be fully trusted at this point, but, um, but it is, it is additional perspective and it, and it certainly helps to, um, I think speed up the the process of creating a lot of content and doing a lot of the ongoing regular tasks that we have. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. So like, you know, we're all dealing with a lot. I was going to ask you, I was going to say, I was going to put you on the spot and say, does AI scare you? And you kind of already. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. There's enough. Well, there's more now. Anyway, I'm glad there's enough. I think we need to take it seriously, but we, let's look at the positives because there there are that side. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, in terms of when you think about content marketing, like before all this started, like about a year ago when ChatGPT made this available, the idea of content marketing, having a calendar, you know, you're obviously doing that work for many reasons. One is to be more prominent on Google or, or organic, you know, channels, reputation, branding, uh, all those reasons. But it, it, and when you think of content marketing, man, that's there's a lot of versions of content, right? You could have pretty robust calendar if if you had the ability to do so, like podcasts and videos and blog posts and social posts and things of that nature. So, like, it was always a big mountain to climb to say, you know, mm-hmm. let's do content marketing, let's make this impact. Now that you have this idea of AI that can create content and do it much quicker, but as you just said, you just alluded to, there has to be sort of this QA process. There has to be still this screening first with the strategy of why we're doing it. How is it serving our customer? Is how I, I obviously everything we do here should be we're we're, we're improving our game. <laughs> We're just doing better, right? So, like, if maybe we didn't have time before, but now that we do, we'll, we'll do this. So, like, if you're going to do something with AI, it should be not just more for more sake. In other words, it's more because we figure this is a better thing for our audience. But how do you deal with that QA sort of idea? Like, where do you take it? Like, you guys obviously have strategies for calendars and content and doing that side of marketing. How is that influencing that? Or are you are you doing stuff there to try to make that go faster? How's that look with that kind of content? I think one way to think about it is that AI can act as an intern for us. So, you know, we've had, we have summer interns every year, Buzz Franchise Brands. And from a marketing perspective, we often have interns helping with content creation and that sort of thing. And we, you know, we train them a bit on our company and our branding and the, um, the, 
tones that we use and personality of each brand before they start writing. But then, you know, we let them write blogs or we let them create content. But we always go through and check them after we don't just blindly publish what they write without making sure that it's authentic to our brand and that it's accomplishing the goals that we want to accomplish. I think when we think about um, AI and chat GPT for supporting things like that, it's, it's very similar. It's, it's, we can use it to help us do things faster and to take some of the weight off, but we always need to go through and make sure it's authentic to the brand because people are very aware that AI is out there and that a lot of content is getting generated either by or using um, AI. And so they're not, they're not dumb to the fact of reading an authentically written um, article. You know, one of the things that, that as very well known about AI, AI is that it doesn't have that human empathy component to it. Um, mm-hmm. And so you, you don't, you can sense that, you know, when you're reading different um different content. Marketing is all about storytelling. And sometimes Mm -hmm. um, we need to have that layer of humanity to it um, for it to really come across as authentic. So I think that's important. It's, it's train it as you use it, but always check it's always check its work as well. Well, yeah. And it's like your, your brand is, is it's more than even the words, right? It's like the feeling it's transferring and it's, it's, you definitely have to filter for that that part, right? Like, is it is it doing is it making mm-hmm. us feel like we want with that story? What is the intent of telling that particular story? Uh, so, yeah, that that makes perfect sense. So let's break it down into franchise. Maybe you could speak to because I know. Well, before I get into franchises, I wanted to talk a little bit about technology. I know that you, you we had taught before, and so when you think about these large language models. A lot of the application of it. So we talked about one application, which is content creation um, and ideas and things like that. And being, you know, being an assistant and and, and helping us accelerate our our work. Uh, but then the other side is like these softwares, all these different tools out there uh, can access this same capability in the dialogue. So, for instance, we could have some kind of experience where someone's chatting or texting and interacting with the same the same intelligence if you will chat that that's usually the de facto standard right now of what softwares are plugging into but some have used other ai language models prior to chat and i know you guys have been involved with some stuff even prior to chat to help with that side of things where you're engaging customers at different stages of maybe the sales pipeline Maybe you're answering questions, maybe you're booking meetings, but it's actually the same sort of intelligence that's interacting is we're asking to write a blog article. Um, so how has that been working for you? How I know that you've you've been using some of that in some of your operations and some of the brands. I don't know if it's all the brands. Um, tell us a little bit about how that has been working and your experiences prior sort of prior to ChatGBT, because you've been involved um, even before that. Yeah, and I think some of the things that we were involved in, you know, I don't think we talked about it so much as AI, even though that's what it was at the time, because we just didn't have this, we hadn't yet had this explosion of everybody talking about AI and artificial intelligence in the way that it is now. I mean, I'm sure when we first set things up, the the software we were working with phrased it that way, but it, it didn't jump out the way that it does now. So we have been using um, it in a, in a few different ways for several years now. And, and one of those being um, in the franchise development process, 
Um, and across all of our brands, we have used the technology to help um, reach leads faster and help communicate, help them get calls set up with our sales team. Um, and it and it was the same thing that we that is now becoming a very commonplace practice. You know, basically we we teach um, some of the we train and teach on some of the frequently asked questions. These um, text. It's basically texting platforms, text software that can help mm-hmm. engage with um, prospects, franchise prospects, and help mm-hmm. them get calls set up. But sometimes they do. I mean, they reply back to those text messages as humans, you know, feeling as if they're interacting with a human. So we also need to make sure that the the bot that's responding to them can answer and recognize what they're asking about, whether it's a cost question, whether it's a scheduling, needing to reschedule, that sort of thing. Um, and certainly that technology has gotten better and better over the course of the time that we've been using it. But, um, but it is something that we found effective because it's something, you know, that allows, um, in the, in the case of franchise development, um, people are all around the world and all across different time zones when they're reaching out to us for more information and, Everybody will tell you that, you know, speed to lead is um, is the important thing, right? We want to make sure to get back to people as fast I, I, as I'm possible. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I had to jump in. I was dying to ask you about, like, like the impact. So it's like speed to lead. And then the other thing they always say is follow up like six to eight times, right? Because if they don't respond. <laughs> and we know people can't do that. We know that. People get sick. They go, all right, I'll stop. You go ahead and finish your answer. But I love it. I was going to, yeah. So, like, yeah. So, yeah so, I mean, we had a great sales team who's getting to leads as fast as they can. But when it comes to after hours and weekends and things like that, they're not available 100% of the time. Whereas, you know, if we've got uh, if we've got some AI technology that can reach out immediately and say, hey, we can go ahead and get something scheduled for you and, and the sales team, then um, then the sales team can come back in the next day or at the end of the weekend or whatever and already have new um, calls set up with candidates that came in, you know, at, at times when they weren't available. So tell me a little bit, educate me, because like you're, you're really using this and I, I think it's awesome. Um, so the idea of speed delayed, right? Of course, the idea is connection rate, right? We want to improve connection rate in, in getting a hold of somebody as so you do. And you interact, this AI interacts with the prospect because it can be consistent and always follow up within five minutes or something, something, uh, speed delayed five minutes. Um, but so have you attempted to, or have you found that you can adjust the interactions to qualify leads better? Have you tried that or is it is it just, hey, you figure if you can keep, drive the connection rate higher, get people on a calendar, then you're going to talk to more people. Is that, I, obviously that's one thing. The other thing would be you could actually qualify better, maybe just filter some budget issues or filter some territory issues. They're the big, kind of the big ones. Do you, have you tried to use it in that way to say, let's not even book that meeting or is it just trying to get to speed to lead? And where has the biggest impacts been made, do you think? I would say for us, it has been the speed to lead side of things. And then just the time saving on our sales team when it comes to trying to get that first call set up. 
So, you know, there's a lot of um, time spent on their side trying to do outbound calling to new leads or emails or whatever it is to new leads just to try to get them on the phone. And having a system that's able to do that for them, they can be focused on the leads that we have made contact with and had um, sales conversations with and be spending their their effort and rapport on those more qualified leads than the ones that are, you know, just at that first stage and maybe are saying, wait, I don't remember if I requested information or not, or what, you know, yeah. we're kind of just taking those out of the, out of the picture when it comes to time savings. Yeah. I was just thinking like you're on your ninth attempt, right. To get a hold of someone and they barely, uh, yeah. it's like, you're putting the emphasis and the ed energy to the wrong person It's better to follow up with someone you've already talked to for 20 minutes. They seem good. And now you're putting some energy behind giving them more attention. And, and that's great. Yeah. That front and part has always been the one that's really hard. And uh, it just seems to be, and so you won an award a year ago, about being a game changer. Well, you're a game changer. Like that's hard. That's the smart move. <laughs> and I know the company you work with, they they were innovative. They, as you said, they're probably, I'm wondering what they're thinking now. Um, but they they were very innovative and they weren't there weren't many ways to do what you did. So you found a way. And you're right. I think more and more now we'll realize, wait a minute, what are we doing? We should be doing this. Um, but it's going to be a little more accessible now, I think, for for different folks. But that's that's a different application of this same technology. That's that's coming from these these large language models, these these I guess these repositories of data and intelligence right, that we can connect to and use to communicate with our customers. Yeah, so I'm just thinking, man, mm -hmm. this seems like a whole different language I'm talking uh, when I talk like that. But anyway, it, it is what it is. So that's Frandev, and that that seems like pretty much standard for almost any brand. Like you should have something like that. Um, now, when you think about the franchisees, you you are in a brand where I do think appointments are probably part of it, and and you know scheduling things and and, and that nature. Um, how does that look? You, are you doing it at that level as well? And how does it work there? Same thing as you're doing on Frandap. Same kind of approach. Yeah, I, applying similar technologies. You know, people who um, fall out of a. a information request process, or for example, with our British from school brand, people who are starting to enroll in a class, but some, but some, at some point in the process fall out, we're able to continue that communication with them and figure out if there was a problem or if they changed their mind or what happened that they didn't complete the process. Um, we're able to use some, some tools to be able to facilitate that without our franchisees having to do all that manually. So that's, again, something that's very time-saving. Um, but I think all of that is just going to continue. There's going to be more and more things that come into play, you know, around that. We have our, our franchisee convention um, coming up, and I think that's going to be some of the conversations that we're having with people. Um, and some of it's just very high-level education and understanding because I, I, I forget, you know, I talk to people – it's easy to feel behind in AI yeah. because it's yeah. changing so much. And if you're into it, you're always reading new things. I mean, I'm, I follow people on LinkedIn about AI. I sit in on webinars. I do all the things because it's very interesting to me. And I think it's really important for us to be um, as on the, the front of it as we can to be leveraging it the best that we can for our companies and our franchisees. Um, 
but, but a lot of people are overwhelmed. So I, I don't realize, I always think I'm behind. And then I talk to other people. I'm like, oh, maybe we're actually a little bit ahead of other, of other people. But, yeah. but I think when we, when you look at a base of franchisees, a lot of them are just kind of like, they, they haven't done a whole lot because they're overwhelmed and they don't have time to, to think about it or to sit down and think about the right use cases that could save them some time. So I think it's important for us to be, starting to do that and starting to help them understand here's how you can use it effectively, but also it's really important to know how to not trust it too much and how to keep a a level of security and privacy and don't be putting a bunch of, um, you know, confidential company information in there and that sort of thing. So basically, so helping them understand the best practices to use it efficiently and to use it safely. Yeah. You, you had mentioned something I thought was a golden nugget. I wanted to just kind of pull just for the audience, break it down a little. So at the, at the top of the funnel, when you struggle getting a hold of folks, you spend money on marketing, you bring them to a website, they reach out and maybe there's no one there to connect with them. Then there's a follow-up process that that's the gap. That's the follow-up where we talk about speed to lead and follow-up that's challenging. So we talked earlier, AI is capability. That could be a gap filler there. But then you went on to say something else that I thought was a, a unique distinction, which was if someone is supposed to come and doesn't come, you can follow up and in passively in the background, this AI, which is functioning almost like a person, is following up with people that might miss a meeting and you're able to rebook or reschedule or just whatever, if someone cancels or whatever, that's another big area that would affect connection rate or that ability to really get the most out of your marketing. So two applications in the, in the pipeline right there that you're, so just wanted to point that out. I thought they were complementary versus the similar, you know, the same thing. So I think that's awesome. But I think that, that that's right. I mean, when you think about where else in the pipeline can we put that? What, what else would be you know helpful, right? So it's, it's a matter mm-hmm. of creativity. Um, but then you said, uh, you know, how do we how do we share this with folks? We talked about overwhelm a little. And I I I feel like there's three sort of people. There's the people like the ostrich with with the with the head in the sand, like I you know, I'm already overwhelmed. So and then there's the folks that are, yeah, a little bit freaked out. Like this is scary, a little scary, um, and just hesitant. Um, and then there's the third, which is probably like more like me and you, where we'll, we'll, we're going to read stuff every day. And we're like, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, but it's just like coming at rapid fire. I know what you mean. Cause I, I was always the kind of person that said, I love being on email newsletters and I love getting like a lot of information from different people. Cause I felt like it kept me up to date. Now I feel like there's no way to keep up with all this. This is insane. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm like, okay, I've got to zero in. And one, one idea that we had that we're using with some of our clients and, and, and just the thought process is, you know, starting with chat GPT and asking it, you know, you want to solve a problem or here's what I do. Here's my, here's my, here's who I am. I'm, I'm a professional X is what I do. What responsibilities, what tasks should I be focused on every day and, and see how that breaks down and then ask, how can you help me with that? And and then that just becomes very specific to what you might be doing every day. It's a backwards way, maybe a reverse engineering way to do it. But like for me, when I'm talking to you, I'm preparing for a podcast. Well, there's things I can do to help me do that, right? 
And so like, that's just a way of thinking. Like if I told it, well, I'm a, I'm a podcast guy. Uh, what are my responsibilities? Like it might jar, jar some things loose. Like, yeah, okay, let me try that. So that's what we're doing. It's just an experimental mm-hmm. process where you can say, how can I take my game to a little bit of a higher power or a higher level? <laughs> and say, so, yeah, cause it's mm-hmm. just like you said earlier, it's those repetitive tasks or, or things that you just wouldn't have done that way because it would have just taken a little too long. But now you could do it that way. You have that assistant, right? Anyway, that's, but I appreciate that. Yeah. So is there, I know this year, you know, you have your, you have your event next week, but what do you think about like franchisee? Like, where do you see this going in terms of training? Is there anything formal that has to happen eventually where you give people some guidance and resource? Where, where do you see it going in terms of training franchisees to train their teams to be more efficient with it? Yeah, I think it'll be much like any other new innovations that we need to teach franchisees or in our own corporate teams, but helping them just understand use cases, understand again, like I said, how to use it responsibly. Um, I think that guidance is important. And just to make sure that um, we're doing it consistently across the brand, we, we do want to make sure that our customers are having the same type of, of brand experience, no matter what location they're working with. And so I think um, making sure that we provide the guidance and best practices for franchisees through training, ongoing training, not just new franchisee training, um, will be really important. And I think just continuing to have conversations about AI. I mean, to your point, there's there's so many use cases and it's easy to overthink. Like I have to have a perfect reason to use it. And it's almost backwards. It's kind of like everything's a reason to use it. Well, one of the things that I started doing with my marketing team is in our weekly meetings, um, before we close out the meeting, we have what we call an AI moment. And we just kind of go around the room and say, hey, did anybody do anything cool with AI this week or read anything cool or learn anything new about it? And so um, it's really interesting to hear what people share because it's it can be stuff they used in their role, in their professional role, or it can be stuff they used, you know, personally for it to help. So maybe it's planning a vacation or um, we had a, we had one of the people on our team recently, who's a big bachelor fan and was, you know, was going to be planning a party, a, a watch party for the show, the bachelor. And so she had chat GPT help her with the text invite to all of her friends where she told it, you know, I, w- I want it to have a lot of puns that have to do with the bachelor and blah, blah. And it wrote up this great, for it. So it was really funny. It was just um, people yeah. starting to think about how they could use it per- personally versus um, professionally. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I kind of look at it like a sidekick the way I say you should make it a sidekick, you know, um, because it, it, it stimulates the creativity. Like you think of reasons, you start to understand, oh, wow, I, this could really help here. This could really help my client. This could help my customer. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. really about helping too. I, I think I wanted to ask you a question about this whole concept because where this sort of leads is this AI becomes part of your team. It, it is representing your brand. And you talked mm-hmm. earlier about like, you know, quality assurance and, and and making sure we're taking the lead and and the empathy we want to use inside our communications, depending on what the brand is and and or what we're trying to problem we're trying to solve. But I feel like there like is there something in your mind, and maybe you haven't thought it all the way through yet, but when you think about brand values, mission, vision, things that are central to the brands, 
obviously that alignment is key. How, do you see it as being somewhere you're going to have to define this AI's like persona, like and and make sure it aligns right and that it's managed right and and used right? I mean, do you think that has to be something more official where you actually think it through a little? Um, because I feel like it could get away from people pretty quick if they're not thinking of it that way. Oh, we can just do more faster, better, cheaper, but like it still has to be you though. It, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it certainly it, right now and who knows where things will go in the future, but, but having that human, um, complement to it is really important. And I think from, from how it becomes ingrained in our businesses, it's going to be something that's part of every employee handbook and part of every operations manual and all the all the places where we talk about other software and technology, there's now just going to need to be an extension of that that applies to and, and covers AI as well. But we have, I mean, one of our core values is be curious and innovate. And I think that there's nothing more about AI than being curious about it and finding the ways to innovate with it. Yeah, well, that, that's a great, that's another, right. So it's like, it's a part of, it can also, how do you make it a part of your identity? Like that, that's a part of how you guys are. And so we use AI this way. We're curious. We like to be innovative. So cool. So I'm going to mm -hmm. ask you to summarize a little. You, you all right, I'm going to tell you, you're definitely using AI in your business today and you are definitely ahead of many people I talk to. Um, so like if you could summarize the key elements from the marketing, from a CMO, uh, what, at this point, and I realize you're, we're all learning every day, but at this stage, from what you, as you look back and as you look forward a little, what are the key elements, do you think, uh, of, of a successful, you know, of integrating AI successfully into your marketing strategies? I think um, it is not being afraid of it, just getting in there and starting to play with it because that's the only way you're really going to start to figure out what some of those, it's really the only way you're going to train your mind to start thinking in every task I'm doing throughout the day, is there a faster, more efficient way I could do this using AI? Once you start finding better ways to do things, you start thinking that way more because it just starts to come naturally. So I think you don't have to have a reason to start using it. Just get in there and start playing around with it. Um, and I think that's a good start. Uh, one of the analogies that, um, or that, that I've heard is um, you can't, uh, you can't learn to swim by reading a book. You can read how to, you can read and understand the principles of swimming, but until you get in the water and actually start doing the motions, that's how you're going to really learn to swim. And it's the same with AI. You can read all the articles about it and get completely overwhelmed that way. But until you start, until you start playing with the tools, um, that's where you'll really start getting comfortable with it. Um, so I think that's an important, an important thing. And then you'll naturally start finding some ways to be more efficient, um, whether it's changing a workflow or whether it's just saying, hey, I'm stuck on figuring out how I should do this rather than Googling the best tool and finding, going into a wormhole of reading five different websites and trying to, you know, figure that out. I've used it to go into chat GPT and say, Hey, I'm trying to manipulate a photo in this way. I'm sure there's an easy way to do it, but I don't know what it is. You know, what's a tool I can use, you know, yeah. get me to that website or give me the instructions um, to be able to do that. So 
Um, it's probably a long tangent, but just all, all that to say, like, you don't have to know why you're going to use it and just yeah. go in there and start using it. Yeah, well, that's one of your principles. Be curious, right? I think that's <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you you just have to be willing to interact with it is what it is. It's not something like you like you're right. It's not don't wait for something to tell you, oh, you should go use this tool, this AI tool for it. No, it's go interact now and learn about it and see, you know, it'll stimulate those ideas. So it's interesting because it affects us personally all the way through what we do, what our teams do, what families do. I talked to my son, he's in mm-hmm. college, we talk about it, you know, how is it, le- how's he leveraging it? <laughs> I mean, and of course, there's a whole thing around yeah. that, what, are the, what, what do the universities even, what are the rules, some have rules, some don't, it's it's interesting, but I, I've encouraged him yeah. to be curious, exactly, I think that's the best word, I said, don't, don't, yeah. don't hold back, don't, because by the time they figure it out, everybody else will be using it anyway, so just don't wait, it's, you know, don't be, you, you're only going to learn. Uh, you're only going to get better at what you what you're studying. So, but it is it's it's yeah. Affecting it's I saw something on LinkedIn recently from Jason Pfeiffer, who's the editor in chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, and he posted this video. It was a video of a news story from back in the '90s when Burger King first started accepting credit cards, and watching, you know, they were interviewing people sitting in Burger King, asking them how they felt about Burger King now accepting credit cards. And people were largely panicking. They were thinking it was going to slow down the process. They were thinking it was going to be a passing fad. They were saying, you know, if you don't have enough cash to buy a hamburger, you know, you shouldn't be buying hamburgers. It was all these crazy reactions because this was going to change the whole fast food buying experience. And it was freaking people out. And now I don't know that anyone pays cash for a hamburger anymore. You almost can. So I feel like we, yeah, exactly. I think for the, especially for, you know, the, I think about my kids now who are young and they're going to grow up not knowing a life before any of this, as far as how they, how they'll go through school and everything else. And so um, it's, it's scary because we don't know exactly how it's going to pan out, but ignoring it rather than embracing it isn't going to to help anything we need to the sooner we can get comfortable and 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 find all the good benefits to it and and educate ourselves on what to be careful about and what to look out for and share that with our children um i think that's the the better way to approach it yeah no i I think that's exactly it i mean i think engagement is very important if there's a message for the audience it's engagement it's it's because if we we don't if we're not aware we can't participate in the way this shapes our world and it's going to affect education. It's going to affect healthcare. It's going to affect how we work. And I think if you're engaged, you can raise your hand and, and give your input. And that's what we need to do. Like not even should do need to do. And so it's good to, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you're totally aligned in your whole, all your brands. So you got everybody beaten to that drum. And uh, so before I let you go, um, anything you want to share with the audience or uh, any final thoughts you wanted to impart to the audience? Hmm. I mean, I guess just going back to encouraging people to, yeah, yeah, to get out there and, um, and just know it can find a few things that work well for you to start dipping your toe in, whether it's following some, some people on LinkedIn who are smart on the topic or whether it's just sitting in on a webinar, there is a ton of information out there that, some great introductory webinars on it. The IFA has a great 
series that they did a three-part series on um ai that's a great place to start um so i think i think that would be my biggest piece of advice we've had a lot of fun learning about it at, at buzz franchise brands and um we're we're not gonna stop um yeah. so yeah and, I, and i'm always happy to um talk AI or throw ideas around or, or give anyone advice on how to incorporate it into their teams. Well, thank you very much. It's been an enlightening conversation and I think we can have a lot more of these enlightening conversations. I feel like that word is like <laughs> every day is enlightening. Um, but no, this has been great. And as I said, you are definitely right where I am. I'm excited. Uh, it's been great to, uh, to, to hear how you're doing things because you are doing it at a higher level. I think a lot of the first steps here would be to leverage it in, in engagement and helping with that first line of defense when you're marketing and, and you guys are doing that and just improving, improving experience, right? The customers and you know, it's a combination. It's, 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 a, it's, it's the tool and the, and the team and uh, it just raises mm -hmm. the bar for you. And, and you've been doing it for, you said about three years, approximately you've been doing, working on these. So you've been doing it a while and probably it's probably something really like well. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think now, I mean, the way there's so much better technology now than there was when we started dipping our toe in, I think, especially with, I mean, chat GPT from the beginning, but even recently just being more multimodal and now being able to speak to it and being able to upload images to it. Um, that's a whole nother level of, of use cases. Um, and, and I could go, I could go, on, go and on, on and on about all the different crazy use cases that are out there, but I won't. <laughs> well, a huge thank you. And I know you have a lot to do today. I know you're planning for a big event next week. So it's been a, a, an honor to have you here. And thank you for taking the time. And I definitely want to have you back. I want to check in. I don't know if we can wait a whole year. We might have to check in, you know, a little <laughs> more frequently with this AI stuff, right? Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I might be gone. I might be a robot by then. Uh, Let's just let's not go there, right? Let's not let's just let's all chip <laughs> in and 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 be be ready with our voice. That's what I would say about everything. But a huge thank you to Absolutely. you, uh, Angela Pauls, uh, Chief Marketing Officer of Buzz Brands. Thank you for being on the show today. Thanks, Rob. 